Good morning, everyone. If you guys didn't know today, I hope most of you know this, but today's the Feast of Our Blessed Mother's Assumption. It's a solemnity in the, in the Catholic Church, so it's uh, one of the largest feast days that we have. So it's uh, one of the greatest honors to be able, for me to be able to celebrate this Mass as your priest. And so let's just give a nice clap for our Mother Mary in her honor. Why don't we just say a Hail Mary together in honor of Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So just to start my homily today, um, I want to just start with today's Gospel. And it's a little confusing because... We hear a few strange things. So it does talk about, for a second, it mentions about the brothers and sisters of Jesus. Just to make clear, I'm not going to talk about that today. But Jesus does not have brothers and sisters, biological brothers and sisters. I can show that through the Gospels, but I'm not going to talk about that today. So what I'm going to talk about today is basically something else that's a little confusing. When, when someone says to Jesus, your mother is outside and she wishes to speak to you, and then Jesus says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? But the one who does the will of my father is my mother, my brother, my sister. And then a woman cries out to Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bore you and fed you. But Jesus says, Blessed rather is the one who hears the word of God and keeps it. So we have to understand this passage. What does it mean? Does this mean that Jesus was not honoring his mother when he said this? Absolutely not. In fact, Jesus is doing the complete opposite if we really look at the words closely, it's basically like Jesus is saying, you don't know who really my mother is, and you don't know what makes her special. If we remember the words of Elizabeth, when Mary, when Mary came to the house of Elizabeth, what did Elizabeth say to Mary? She said to her, blessed are you because you heard the words of the angel and you believed him. And so Jesus is basically saying, my mother is not so special because she fed me, and because she carried me. She's special because she heard the words of the angel, and she believed him, and she kept them in her heart, and she laid down her life for me. That's what makes Mary special. It's not simply that she carried Jesus and fed him, but that she had faith. And so what was so amazing about this is very simple. Zechariah and Elizabeth, Zechariah especially, when the angel appeared to him, he didn't believe the angel when he told him that you were going to have a child in your old age. But Mary, when the angel goes to her and says to her she is to carry a child as a virgin, which is a greater miracle than having a child in your old age, but as a virgin, she still believed. And so Mary conceived Jesus in her heart first, and then she conceived him through her faith physically. So it's very important to realize what are the words of Jesus here? Basically he's saying to all of us, if you want to be great, if you want to be special, if you do the will of my father the way my mother did, you also will be like my mother, my brother, and my sister. The problem today is sometimes we think having faith in Jesus means I simply wear a cross or I simply just say a prayer. But Jesus is like, that's not what it means to have faith. To have faith is to do the will of my father, then you become my mother, my brother, and my sister, 
And the reason why we read this today is because no one did that more perfectly than who? Mother Mary. Very good. So now I just wanted to explain that and just I want to give us a little Bible study on um, why we believe the Mother Mary is assumed into heaven. So if you don't know what that means, basically we believe as Catholics that Mary was assumed into heaven. She was taken up body and soul into heaven. So we believe Jesus ascended into heaven by his own power, but Mary was not ascended, she was assumed. So God took her up. She didn't, she can't fly, she's not God. God assumed her into heaven. So very simply, a few things of why we believe that. And it's very good to know this because sometimes we say Catholics, you Catholics, you know, you don't know the Bible, which is completely untrue. Um, so basically a few things. So where do we start? How do we come to the conclusion that Mary was assumed into heaven? First off, there's two men in the Bible that were assumed. So there were two other people who were actually assumed, and it wasn't just Mother Mary. We know Enoch was assumed, and Elijah was assumed, body and soul, and this is in the, in the Old Testament, that God, they were favored by God, and God took them, body and soul. And so it's not unbiblical to say someone could be assumed into heaven. The other way we know Mary was assumed into heaven is because through the Bible, we can prove that she was immaculately conceived. If we can prove Mary has no original sin, then we could say more clearly she wouldn't see corruption that God would assume her because if you have no sin, to have, corrupt, have a corrupted body means that you have sin. So if we can prove Mary is immaculately conceived, we can prove that she was also assumed which goes hand in hand. That's why when the church declared in the middle of the 1850s that Mary was immaculately conceived, automatically once you do that, in the 1950s, you have to, they declared her for sure she was assumed because once you do that, you have to declare her assumed because naturally, if you are immaculate, you must be assumed into heaven. So how do we prove this? Not to get boring on you, just a few facts, a little few things. So, one of the main ways we prove Mary is assumed into heaven is by knowing that Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant, okay? And you should know what the Ark of the Covenant, if you're a Christian, we need to know what that is, because we can't just be coming to church every Sunday and not knowing the Bible. We have to know what the Bible says. And so, what is the Ark? What is the Ark of the Covenant? So, when God saved the Israelite people through Moses and they left Egypt, God told them to do something strange. He said to them, get some precious wood, incorruptible wood, and make a box and lay it with pure gold, a kind of gold that has no impurities, pure gold. And inside that box, you're going to put the Ten Commandments, the bread that fell from heaven, and the stick of Aaron, and you're going to carry this gold box with two angels, statues of angels on top of it, and this is the sacred object that Israel carried wherever they were, they took this object with them. So I'm going to show how this object represents the Virgin Mary. So how does it represent? First of all, we're going to show very clearly from the book of Exodus, the glory of the Lord and the cloud covered the tabernacle containing the ark and the cloud overshadowed them. In the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke, the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and the power of the Most High overshadows her. 
just like the ark. David arose and went to the hill country of Judah to bring up the ark of God. Mary in the New Testament, she, Mary arose and went into the hill country of Judah to visit Elizabeth. David admits his unworthiness to receive the ark by exclaiming, how, the ark of, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? Elizabeth in the New Testament admits her unworthiness to receive Mary by exclaiming, when why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? David leaped before the ark as it was brought in with shouting. John leaped in Elizabeth's womb at the sound of Mary's voice, and Elizabeth cried with a loud shout. And the ark remained in the hill country in the house of Obadam for three months. And Mary in the New Testament remained in the hill country in Elizabeth's, in Elizabeth's house for three months. So what I'm doing here is showing you that the writer of the New Testament is trying to tell you Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. And that's why Catholics believe she's so special. Because the Ark is the holiest object in Israel, but it's simply so holy because it's a type of Mary. Mary is greater than the Ark because it's simply a type of her. God is basically saying Mary and Jesus are coming. That's what the Ark represents. So Mary is far greater than the ark, and if you touch the ark without permission, what would God do to you? You would die instantly at the touching the ark. If you tried to even touch the ark, one man tried to touch it, and he was killed instantly on the spot because you are unworthy to touch the ark. So how holy is Mary if she's the ark? The other way we prove that Mary's assumed into heaven is in Psalm 132 in the Psalms. King David says, I will not go to sleep, I will not close my eyes, until the ark of God is in her resting place. So we know that Jesus is the new King David, and the ark is Mary. So it's like Jesus says in Psalm 132, I will not go to sleep, I will not close my eyes, shut my eyelids, until the ark of God is with me. So basically, that's how precious Mary is to Jesus, is basically he's saying, I will not even close my eyes until my mother is here in heaven with me. So we begin to see how special Mary is in one other place, one final place. I know it's a little long, but we need to know these things. In the book of Revelation, John says he sees the ark in heaven. And instead of describing the gold ark, what does he describe? He says there's a woman and she has a crown of 12 stars above her head. She's clothed with the sun, and she's standing on the moon. What does that mean? That means she is the ark, and that not only is she the new ark, but that if she's standing on the moon and she's clothed with the sun, that means not only is she the queen of heaven and earth, but she's queen of the universe because she stands on the moon. So whenever you see a picture of Mary, we have one over here, and she stands on the moon, and she's clothed with the sun, that's from the book of Revelation, showing that she is so great that God not only clothes her with the sun, but she, he lets her stand on the moon, indicating that she is queen of the universe. So if you want to know where Bible, Mary's mentioned in the Bible and why we think she's so great, that is clearly in the Bible of why we believe these things. So once you start understanding the Old Testament and the New Testament more clearly, you understand why Mary is so great. So now that I'm done with my little Bible study, I know it might be a little boring for some of you, but that's okay. Um, 
a few things. Mary has saved my life. I would not be a Catholic priest if it wasn't for Mary. I'm pretty sure I'd be going to hell if it wasn't for Mary. And I'm pretty sure she also saved my brother's soul. I did explain this in a homily one time through the rosary. So I really ask all of you as, you know, as your priests, if you're not praying the rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, I really strongly encourage you, if I was your dad, your earthly father, I would literally force you. I would chain you into the house and I would make you pray the rosary because that's how important it is, but I'm not going to force you to pray it. But I highly, highly encourage you to pray it as a family. You know, nothing made me happier once I went through my deeper conversion. Whenever I prayed my rosary with my mom and my brothers in the house, it's like I invited Jesus and Mary into my house and made God the Lord of my house. And I cannot explain to you how many blessings you receive when you pray the rosary. And I know the rosary can sometimes be boring, but understand this. When you ask Mary to pray for you, you have the great Queen of Heaven, the Mother of Jesus, the Mother of God, praying for you. Even if it feels boring, know that her prayers go heard, even if you can't see it. So I strongly encourage you, and I'm not going to give you a full story on you know, how she saved my life through the rosary, but I just ask that you take that devotion, and when you do pray the rosary, think about how you pray it. Whenever you pray to God, the way you pray matters. We should not just be praying in the car on the way to work. I know a lot of people pray the rosary on the way to work, which is beautiful. You should do that. But the way you pray matters. For example, when you pray, I'm not saying you should pray the whole rosary on your knees, but the, 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 when you pray, it's good to start prayer in what way? On your knees, acknowledging God is in front of you and that he is Lord. I'm not saying you have to kneel the whole time because obviously some of you are old and our knees are falling apart. But the way you pray matters. So don't just rush. And sometimes we go a little faster because we're busy in things. But when we pray, pray as if Jesus and Mary are right in front of you with full faith and devotion and not just muttering words quickly, but really meditating on those mysteries and you will see the rosary come alive and it will bear more fruit in your lives. So today I just let's continue to pray and ask Mother Mary to be the mother of our vocations in life, to be the mother of our children, and to be the mother of our church, and to, for she should be in our lives. Amen.